This episode of Adulthood Made Easy is sponsored by Next Issue. Next Issue is the new newsstand. Nextissue.com has all the best, most up-to-date magazines on the newsstand, but delivered to your phone or tablet. Go to nextissue.com easy for your free trial. That's a $15 savings. This is a great deal, but it's only available if you go to nextissue.com easy. Sign up today. Welcome to Adulthood Made Easy, a podcast from Real Simple Magazine that will not only help you navigate real life, but win at real life. I'm your host, Sam Zabel, editorial assistant at realsimple.com and clueless 23-year-old, slowly figuring out how the adult world works week by week. Okay, class of 2015, this week in our Guide to Grad series, we are going to talk about the job search process. And I know what you're thinking. Everyone has a job except for you. How did I read your mind? Because I felt the same exact way this time last year. But I actually just read a new report released from Accenture that proves us both wrong. I'm not sure if this is going to make you feel better or not, but only 12% of over 1,000 college seniors surveyed had lined up full-time jobs by spring. So you're not behind. Don't stress. I know that's easier said than done. And while the words resume and cover letter probably make you groan, they're not my favorite phrases either, they're kind of a requirement. So that's what we're talking about today. And rather than sit here and complain about how hard it is to write a cover letter and debate how small the font can possibly be to fit your resume on one page, I've asked Lauren Stiller Ricklean, president of the Ricklean Institute for Strategic Leadership, to share some wisdom with us. Lauren is also the executive in residence for the Boston College Center for Work and Family and the author of You Raised Us, Now Work With Us, Millennials, Career Success, and Building Strong Workplace Teams. Hi, Lauren. Hi. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk with us all today. Oh, my pleasure. So we are talking resumes and cover letters, which are two of the worst things that you have to do. <laughs> I mean, I would rather write a million term papers, I remember, than deal with writing a resume or a cover letter. <laughs> and by the way, don't go under a 10 font, because if a, a baby boomer is printing that out, they don't want to be looking at, at any at, at tiny print. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. So one question answered. No fonts less than 10 point. I have a, a logistic a term question for you. I've heard resume used, and I've heard CV used. So is there a difference? And if there is, which do employers prefer? The term CV generally comes out of academia. And think of it as a far more extended resume with much more in-depth history and a listing out of everything you've written, um, you know, your interviews, that kind of thing. It, it, it generally does have much more application if you're applying for a, a job at a college or university. For most seniors looking for jobs, unless they're, you know, again, going into academia, pretty much we're talking about the resume, which is that one maybe one plus, depending on the, the workplace you're applying to, page that, that summarizes your your job. Okay, great. So let's start at the top of the resume with your address. If you're applying to a job that's outside of the city you're currently living in, should you fake an address or should you tell them where you're actually living? Never, 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 never lie on a resume on any topic. So 
First of all, most employers are not going to pay particular attention to your address as a factor which matters when sorting through. But second of all, you can certainly say that this uh, looks like such an exciting opportunity. I would be, if given the opportunity, I would be happy to relocate if you felt that it was necessary to say something. Okay, good to know. So then you have your name and your phone number and your email. What do you think about including social media handles in that resume header? Well, I think that it it depends entirely on the position that you're seeking. So if it's something where a portfolio is helpful, that is, you have a writing position and you can link to blogs that you've written or articles that you've published, then sure, linking is a, a great idea. But unless the position you're applying for directly relates to the ability to show that portfolio, then it's probably not necessary. So you always want to think about, am I cluttering up what I look like or am I helping people understand who I am? And I remember when I, I, for my first internship, one of my supervisors offered to look over my resume and I handed it to her and she took a look at it and she goes, take this back, take off everything from high school and come back to me without all of this high school. No one cares about what you did in high school. Is that true? Do jobs not care about high school anymore? So that that's a really interesting one for me when because I myself probably would have given a different answer, but when I spoke to um, millennial Gen X Cusper who does recruiting and to, to a, um, another millennial who does a lot of interviewing for her company, both felt exactly the same way, that nobody cares about what you've done in high school. However, the, the one exception is, so for example, if you're applying to do something that is absolutely relevant to a high school experience, so for example, you want to be a, a, a tutor mm-hmm. and you had exceptional test scores in one area or, or another, then that would be a place that you would want to add something from high school. You know, so so that's the only way in which anything relevant from high school makes sense. I do have a friend that is applying to, I think she just got a job as a teacher and she asked me to look at her resume and she had like that she coached or she was the varsity, the captain of her varsity soccer team in high school. And I had to think about it because I guess if she wants to coach soccer when she becomes a teacher, that's probably a good thing to include that she knows how to play and knows the, the rules of the game. Exactly, yes. Yeah, but if that was on my resume, well, that would be a lie because I don't do sports, but also probably wouldn't make much of a difference. (laughs) That goes back to rule number one. Don't lie. (laughs) Okay. So then I guess what you're going to have on there is your experience, especially starting out or your experiences from college and your internships from college. How do you determine what extracurriculars or organizations you participated in on campus are superfluous or relevant? How do you know how to make those look like really valuable experiences next to your jobs and internships? So what you want to do is look at what is it that you're applying for and how is what I want to, you know, what I've done relevant. So for example, if you're applying for a leadership management kind of position, can you talk about any leadership roles that you have held in any organization. 
are there hobbies that are related to uh, the, the again the work that you're seeking and so you know it's always ties back into what is it that you're seeking to apply for and what would have relevance in the discussion the caution is look at your experiences and think about whether something may appear controversial that you might not want to lead with or you may want to exclude altogether. But most likely what you're really going to be doing is thinking about the positions that you've held and and, and try to make sure that you can uh, directly relate those positions uh, in, in terms of describing who you are and what you can do. Great. We will be right back to talk to Lauren more about all of these great tips for crafting the perfect resume and the really annoying cover letter. But first, a word from our sponsor, Next Issue. This episode of Adulthood Made Easy is sponsored by Next Issue. Next Issue is like Netflix for magazines, only better, with access to all the latest issues of your favorite magazines. Magazines like, duh, Real Simple. In the latest issue of Real Simple, you can find an article all about getting discounts on everything. You can binge read anytime, anywhere, on your phone or your tablet. It doesn't get any more convenient. With Next Issue, you get instant and unlimited access to current and back issues all in one place for one price. Browse stories from your favorite magazines or search for travel ideas, recipes, workout tips, and more. Go to nextissue.com easy for your free 30-day trial. That's a $15 savings. This is a great deal, but it's only available if you go to nextissue.com easy. Sign up today. Okay, Lauren, so we talked about college extracurriculars. We talked about how I should not lie on a resume. Let's talk about listing your job and internship experience, because I think sometimes, you know, that goes up at the top. That is probably the most relevant. What qualities and responsibilities should we be highlighting on a resume? Like, should you say, oh, I made a lot of copies and I answered a lot of emails? That's probably not, you know, the highlight of your Mm -hmm. job or internship experience. Like, what are we what are we looking to put that will make us stand out from other candidates? Well, so you definitely do want to include a a, a brief highlight of of what you did in each of these positions. And then you want to research the company and the position that you are applying to and for. And then highlight elements of your own past and your experiences that will be relevant to them. Again, it's all that question of what is relevant and how do I get to know the place that, you know, where I'm seeking a job. And when you make that a habit in terms of your job search, it makes all these decisions easier. So it's a question of, I'm applying for a particular role. What, what have you know? What have I done in these other jobs where I can highlight my work in that role, and how can I put it in the best light? One of the most interesting things I've realized is that you always think that your resume—it's the same thing you sent to every job—but really, you're going to personalize that and customize that, just like you would a cover letter. Honestly, absolutely. Absolutely. You will probably be personalizing your resume in some way, tweaking it 
for each new position. And if you're not, then you're missing a real opportunity to sell yourself to a prospective employer. A prospective employer is looking to see, did you do your homework? Do you have a sense of who we are and what we want? Do you offer anything that we want? And do you offer anything that shows that you understand us as a, as a potential future employer? Great. And I think, and the bottom of the resume is that special skills or interests or hobbies section, which I find incredibly difficult. And I think at this point saying, you know, I'm proficient in Microsoft Office Suite isn't really a special skill anymore. I think everyone is pretty familiar with that. You've been using it for four years of college. It's not going to make you stand out in the same way. So what types of skills or hobbies or interests do stick out you know, if you don't feel like you have anything, is it okay to leave that part off to save some space? What do you think? One thing is go back to the job description or whatever you know of the position you're hiring for, um, you're applying for. Did they use any special words in that description? If they did, you want to put those same special words in your resume because that means they are likely to be looking for those particular skills when they do their screening, and you want to make sure your resume includes it. So that's one one big important rule, I think. The other is think about what you offer that's unique and that's different. That's the place to put that into the resume. Okay. And I think that another good place, uh, obviously, to show personality is the cover letter. That's, you know, where you really get to show off your writing and, and tell a little bit more of a story. But they are so tough to write. Like, I can't tell you how many times I sat down in front of my computer and I just wanted to bang my head into a wall because it's I don't know what that is about it, but it's a personal statement, whatever you want to call it. It's just really tough. So do you have any blanket tips for structuring that cover letter and doing it in a way that will catch someone in HR's eye and not just, you know, glaze over it, um, pass it to the to the other pile or something like that? Well, I think that the mistake that people make is to try to put too much personality into a resume. The resume is not the place for, you know, the the little gimmicks or the ways to try to catch someone uh, someone's eye. I've never heard somebody say that they like getting those kinds of resumes or that they're more likely to let those be screened in. In fact, I often hear just the opposite. I think the goal of the resume and that cover letter is to make you sound as qualified as possible for the position. So how do you... Then I guess a different question would be, how do you make that cover letter sound like not just a big, like you don't want to just regurgitate your resume because they already have that. They know what your previous jobs were. They know what you've experienced. So how do you make it a little bit different and and something worth reading, I guess? If you can talk about in your cover letter in a little greater depth than you could in a resume some experience that you've had that can relate to the position you're seeking or to the company itself, that's the place to do it. So you may have had some kind of leadership role or some kind of an interesting you know, internship 
in which you you're you don't of course go into depth on that on the resume itself, but you can think of aspects of those experiences that might be directly relevant to the job description or the organization that you're applying to. That's really the place where you can expand somewhat on your past experience as a way of showing you know the organization that you're applying to and that you think you're a good fit for them. And how long do you think it should be? Because I think the assumption is you want it to be a full page, but I don't know that people in HR or employers really, do they really want to read a, like your whole resume, a page of your resume, and then a whole page of your cover letter? I, well, probably not. I mean, You can be honest. <laughs> we, we live in a world in which you know, uh, nobody has any attention span anymore. (laughs) And yes, your cover letter will be scanned. It won't be, it won't be read in the depth that you want it to be read in most likely. So that's a good question because you really want to think about this tension between not having it be too long, not having somebody look at the page and feel overwhelmed and just kind of, you know, glance at it and move on. I think you want to not overdo how you present these skills. You just want to factually set yourself up as somebody who is offering a talent and an ability and, and again, an understanding of the place that you're applying to. I don't think that anything impresses future employers more than a candidate who can make that connection. That sounds great. And I think arguably more stressful than writing the resume and cover letter is sending it in and then sitting around and waiting and waiting and wondering if you got the job or an interview or anything. So how long after applying somewhere is it appropriate to follow up where you're not pestering them, but, you know, you're reminding them that you exist and you're stressed out and you want a job? (laughs) (laughs) So part of this relates to, I think, whether or not there is a clear deadline that is provided in the application itself. So if the, if the job application says that the deadline is May 1st, you can certainly follow up after a week to make sure that they have your application and and know of your interest. If if there's no deadline, you may want to wait a couple of weeks because it may mean that there's a longer period of time before they'll have all of their potential resumes in. The other thing to think about is if you met the met a particular person and you're applying through some through a job fair kind of interaction, mm-hmm. you would want to make sure that your cover letter ties back in to your conversation with the person at the job fair so that they can remember who who you are, keeping Definitely. in mind that they're speaking to hundreds potentially of uh, interested persons, um, or at least, you know, a a lot more than than you've spoken to, and they're going to need something to trigger their memory. So in your follow-up in a situation where you've had that opportunity to talk to somebody at a job fair, both in the cover letter and subsequently you want to try to tie yourself back to an exchange that they may remember, you know, that, that will help them remember you. Perfect. I think that is a great note to end on, and I really appreciate all of your advice today. So thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you. It was my pleasure. 
Thank you so much for joining me today for Adulthood Made Easy. If you have questions or topics you'd like me to cover next time, just tweet them to me at samzabel and I'll add them to my list. Our producer is Tim Einenkel. And if you enjoyed the episode, please review and subscribe on iTunes. And don't forget to buy a copy of the book that has all the answers, The Real Simple Guide to Real Life, which you can get now wherever books are sold. I'm Sam Zabel, and I'll have more answers next time.